This is the First and 30 Podcast, the podcast that gives you the cliff notes of all the NFL news and notes without all the bullshit. Today is Monday, November 1st, 2021, and I'm joined on the line by Drew. Keith's taking the night off tonight. He got battered this weekend, as did me and Drew, uh, but Keith needed the night off, so it's just going to be me and Drew recapping the weekend. Drew, how are you feeling today? Uh, I think we all got fucking... Everybody in America got bent over a barrel and punched in the chili ring. Yeah, I'm definitely not doing well. Um, I'm certainly having a mental breakdown from yesterday's monstrosity. I lost a lot of, a lot of cash and a lot of bets yesterday on just, just unbelievably crazy things that that happened yesterday. It's been a, a wild weekend, and yeah, the NFL this week just decided to. To really make me lose my faith in them, so I'm, I'm having a hard time coming to terms with the sport that we love so dearly. Yeah, it's definitely tough. It's one of those weekends where Chris Berman says that's why they play the game. That really yeah. was a weekend like that because underdogs went eight and zero straight up all weekend, which is crazy. And you know there hasn't been too many weeks like this this season. This is the first one that we got, and it really came at the wrong time, right when we were feeling ourselves with the picks. And you and I went, I believe, five and ten, or five and nine for the weekend. Keith went four and ten. We all got fucking shellacked. We had a bad weekend, but uh, hopefully we can get back on the horse later this week with our picks. But we're gonna break down the carnage that was left all over the place from yesterday's action, and we're gonna get right to that recap in the Packers and Cardinals right after this. Bounce. If you got my fucking back, then just say. All right, so we should have seen a weekend like this coming when we saw the Packers-Cardinals game on Thursday night. Had a ridiculous ending. Uh, You know, it was a game where everybody in the world was picking the Cardinals because, you know, the Packers were without Devontae Adams, their best player. They were without a bunch of people because of COVID. And none of it seemed to matter. The Packers played probably one of their best games of the season. They ran the ball consistently. The Cardinals couldn't do anything on offense. Kyler Murray looked like crap. And, yeah, this should have been the sign right off the bat that maybe we were in for some crazy stuff. Did you see the Packers winning shorthanded in Arizona, Drew? Uh, no, not unless the, the Cardinals just didn't show up. And, I, unfortunately, that is what happened. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I didn't predict that the Packers – would win. I thought they would just be too shorthanded uh, against a, a tough defense in, in Arizona, and that certainly wasn't the case. But I got to give the hats off to Aaron Rodgers and the coaching staff of the Packers. They dialed up a, um, a game plan, they stuck to it, and they orchestrated it perfectly. Um, and they were able to capitalize um, on a game that was a must win, probably, in terms of just like NFC outlook going forward here yep. and uh Packers definitely made a statement uh, it really hurt Arizona much more that Devontae or uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins wasn't playing yeah uh, I think that, that I think that really screwed things up for Kyler Murray in a sense because he can really lean on him in clutch moments and there's no doubt in my mind at the end of that game instead of going to AJ Green that ball goes to Hopkins and he catches that you know nine out of ten times so it definitely was um, unfortunate, but really it came down to the play of 
uh, Arizona's defense and them not being able to really have an answer for the Packers and yep. Kyler Murray not being able to play his best ball. He certainly didn't play like an MVP. I forget what how many yards he had in that game, but it certainly wasn't enough. Um, and it was just it was just a, a, a letdown all all around. But uh, hats off to the Packers. They got a very tough win on the road. Uh, and one I didn't see coming, but I could definitely see them having a chance. I mean, they're the Packers, and it's and it's um, Rodgers. You always got to give them a chance. I just thought with uh, Cardinals being at home and having a slightly better defense and a lot of playmakers, uh, I just thought they would have won that game. Yeah, I, I it was definitely a situation where, you know, the Packers feed Devontae Adams the ball so much that you just figured that if they didn't didn't have him. They didn't. They. I mean, it didn't really matter. I mean, uh, Rodgers was throwing the ball to a bunch of no-name people I've never even heard of, and they were still able to get it done. And they were running the ball well, and they they looked really good. Like I'm interested to see how they look going forward, just because they're strong. And I think the Cardinals could be in trouble the way Murray was limping off the field at the end of the game. If he's hurt, that's what I was nervous about picking them early on in the season. Um, you know, I I kind of kind of think that could hurt them going forward if he's not at full strength yeah i believe i saw today that he's going he could be out from one to three weeks with an ankle injury that's that's and, big uh, it is huge especially for him because he relies on just scrambling out of the pocket not maybe not necessarily running 20 yards but left and right scrambling out of the pocket a lot to uh give himself some time to throw the ball a little bit he's not because of his stature and how short he is, he's not a stay-in-the-pocket-all-the-time type of guy. So, yep. yeah, even if he can come out and play, if he's limited with that ankle, I think it still affects him. Yeah, I, de- I definitely – I'm fading the Cardinals going forward because uh, this is kind of what I was nervous about at the start of the season. And I think especially if he's out misses time, yeah, I don't like the Cardinals as a contender going forward. Um Moving on to the Sunday games, Carolina-Atlanta, these two teams are both not contenders in any way. Of course, we all jumped on the Falcons, and of course the Falcons let us down. The uh, Panthers won this game. I didn't watch a second of it. Drew, did, were you tuned into this one at all? Uh, not a whole lot. My eyes were pretty fixated on the, on the Jets-Bengals game, not because I wanted to, but because I had to because they had them in a parlay. So I didn't get them uh, up on the tube a whole lot, but um, – and it, it was, it was a game that unfortunately I just didn't really have a lot of interest in because the teams are so bad. Yep. Uh, I I did think though that Carolina would lose that game just the way things have been going for them lately. But uh, Falcons had a couple couple situations in that game that really hurt them. I mean, Koo missed a forty five yard field goal, which usually doesn't happen. Kyle Pitts was dropping third down passes. So they just didn't do enough to win this game, and they really kind of handed it to the Panthers because I do believe that uh, the Falcons were the better team that you know overall. But Stephon Gilmore came up with an interception as his first did. day as a, as a as a Panther, and certainly he's going to help them out a lot. He's a very good cornerback, and I, I, that should have weighed into maybe our decision going into this. But you just can't trust Sam Darnold for what he's been doing. So yep. you, you really come down to. Is it Darnold or is it, uh, you know, Matt Ryan? And I think the no-brainer would have been Matt Ryan in that situation, and they just let us down in that regards. And 
They're both both teams are a mess, and now you know Calvin Ridley's taking a taking a break, a, a mental break, which. I'm not going to lie. Yesterday, I was contemplating. Even till today, I was contemplating taking a mental break from football as well. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm with you, Calvin. Yeah, man. Uh, I actually saw that uh, Darnold had a concussion in that game, and PJ Walker finished it. So PJ Walker may end up being the starting quarterback next week for the Panthers, depending on what happens with Darnold and concussion protocol. I actually kind of like that better because I think Darnold has been absolute garbage. So it'll be. Yeah. I mean, if they can, if they can. Get McCaffrey back, run the ball, and get that defense to the level that they're expecting it to be. I, I kind of, I mean, the seventh seed is wide open in the NFC. I, th- I would like to see the Panthers there more than like a team like the Falcons or the Giants or, you know, the Vikings. So we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, Dolphins, Bills. This one I just saw. I was locked into the Titans game, so I didn't really see a lot of this. This one took a long time for the Bills to take control of. It was three three for three quarters and then the bills finally started turning it on kind of surprised that it you know maybe the fact that the dolphins are were in like an absolute 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 must win maybe that's the reason why were they they were able to keep it close for a little bit i would have liked to seen the bills come out and just stomp them right off the bat and they didn't so i don't know drew does this make you nervous at all with the bills as a contender or do you think this is just a tough division game and they got out of there with the win yeah, I'm, I'm going to chalk it up as that. It was pretty windy up in Buffalo yesterday as well. Um, and I do believe the Buffalo Bills are a very good team. They're well-rounded, both on defense and offensively. But, yeah, it was disappointing. It had me very nervous yesterday when we got into halftime that it was only 3-3. And I thought to myself, because I had them in a parlay yesterday, and I thought, wow, gee, I can't believe that the Buffalo Bills are giving the Dolphins a game right now. I I can't even fathom it, but both teams offensively in the first half were just absolute garbage, uh, and that's yeah. why we only got three points from each of them. It wasn't until the second half where the Bills started finally moving the ball on them, and once they started doing that, you could see that the, that Dolphins were going to be in trouble and they just weren't going to be able to catch up. Two is, is just, um, you know, he he is what he is. He's, he's uneventful, and... Um, Josh Allen did enough to win yesterday. He kept um, some third downs going with his legs and was able to just keep drives alive in the second half. But it was a debacle from both sides of the ball in the first half, and it wasn't until the the second half where things kind of opened up and then the better team did win. Yeah, that was one of the few games yesterday where the better team on paper won. Um, Another uh, 1 o'clock game that uh, I think – this one was kind of interesting, the Bears-Niners game. Uh, the Bears played close for a while. Um, Jimmy G actually had a really good game um, against a defense that I, I kind of think the Bears' defense is formidable. Jimmy G on the road kind of cemented himself as the starter for the Niners. Maybe he, you know, maybe he can get the Niners going in the right direction. Elijah Mitchell had another 100-yard game. I like the way he's running the ball. You know, again, as we've been saying all year, the seventh seed in the NFC is wide the fuck open. And there's, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's the Niners that can sneak in there. What are your thoughts on this game, Drew? Yeah, um, it kind of went like I thought it was going to go. We, I think we are all on the Niners except for you, right, Kev? Correct. Played, I was on the Bears. Bears. Yeah. Yep. So we had the Niners in this game. I just thought Jimmy G, after he got done with the slop fest, would come back a little better against uh, pretty abysmal Bears without Matt Nagy. I thought um, 
Jimmy D. Jimmy G played really well. He was, in fact, he was one of the highest scoring fantasy quarterbacks yesterday. Actually, and yep. uh, he did he did enough to get to get this win. And uh, it's no surprise that Justin Fields on the other side of the ball had the most rushing yards he's ever had uh, this season because Matt Nagy wasn't there. So Matt <laughs> Nagy doesn't seem to want to unleash Fields and let him run, but uh, he wasn't there yesterday and. He was able to run around for a, for a lot of that game and, and keep him alive for a little bit. But, um, yeah, the 49ers played well. I thought they got back to doing 49ers things. They were short, short routes. Debo Samuel had a had a really nice yeah, yeah, um, wide receiver screen, and they took to the house. And that's kind of what the Niners are. They run you to death, and then they, they get you in these short intermediate routes, and they, they, they burn you on speed. That's how the offense is set up. And then on the other side of the ball, it's just tough physical defensive football. And uh, I thought the the Bears line would would have trouble with the defensive line of the 49ers. And we saw that yesterday. And the Bears really just couldn't get enough points on the board to match the, the Niners. Yeah, I'm... I think it may be the Bears may, even though the seven spots wide open, it may be time to wave goodbye to the Bears unless, you know, I, I feel yeah. like Fields is going to be good. He's just really raw still. You know, he can make things happen with his legs, but I think he needs definitely some more seasoning. Um, Steelers, Browns, I, I was the only one on the Steelers. I, I don't know. I'm really not liking the look of the Browns at this point. Um, I, I, I mean, they're going to be, they're going to struggle to make the playoffs. I think they're four and four. Um, the Steelers are also four and four, or I believe the Steelers are four and three. Um, yeah, I mean Baker is hurt and clearly looks hurt and can't do anything. He had a couple, you know, their final drive. I, th- I think uh, Jarvis Landry had a fumble, so that kind of screwed him. But I didn't have any faith in Baker leading the Browns to victory against the Steelers. The Steelers' defense looks good if they can run the ball and Ben B- Big Ben can limit mistakes. And they could be they could be a hanging around type team that could upset somebody you know or maybe even sneak into the wild card spot in the in the AFC. What were your thoughts on Steelers Browns, Drew? Yeah, you know, I had the Browns. I thought they would have enough to beat the the Steelers, but the Steelers are tough, man. They're well coached. It's a great organization, and that always has to be held into account. This was one of three games yesterday. I think of like division opponents and and really monumental games and how they would swing the division and this was certainly one of them so uh because there's so much on the line i think both teams you know played that way but it was surprising that we only got a score of 15 to 10 i I would have not i would have not thought that it would have been that low scoring and it was it was rough i i didn't watch much of this game i saw the highlights i'm glad i didn't see this game because of 15 10 score would not been a fun game to watch uh and it didn't seem like it got busted open until the end it was really a pillow fight back and forth and baker he played uninspiring football it's obvious that he's banged up and he's he's shying away from hits and trying to protect himself when he had a lot of poor accuracy yesterday and it, it was just unfortunate to see what the browns were are coming to because a lot of us had Browns going deep into the playoffs, but I don't see a whole lot of hope for them moving forward with Baker's shoulder being the way it is and them just not being able to get the job done when it counts. And the Steelers, they're not great by any means, uh, and they can be had. Uh, they do have some good wins this year from against the Browns and the Bills, but still, like, 
they're just I don't know. Big Ben's a statue back there, and if we can just get anywhere near him, you're going to really affect him. So yeah. it was surprising to see that the Steelers won, but I'm not all that surprised either, um, if I can even say that, because it's a double negative in a sense. But you know, the Steelers are a good team in t- in terms of like their organization, and they are they fight hard. They have good playmakers with Deontay Johnson and. Um, you know, uh, Najee Harris. Yeah, Najee Harris yeah, is Najee's good. playing out of his gourd this this year, and which is great to see from a fantasy standpoint. So, yeah, moving forward though, I still don't know how to pick the Steelers. Like, I just feel like I don't know. They can beat the Broncos, yes, and they can beat the Bills, yes, but then they can lose to you know, whoever you know, bad teams. Yeah, so yeah. like it's just hard picking them forward as well. But I did pick them to make a wild card spot because I just. It's just one of those gut feelings where the Steelers just seem to always hang around, yeah. no matter what. They just yep. always just hang around. Yeah, and the Steelers. I think under Tomlin, I don't think they've ever had a season where they were under five hundred or something. I think they've been five hundred or better every year that Tomlin's been there. And I thought that this was the year that they would maybe be under five hundred, but like you said, they do tend to stick around. You know, they can gut out wins, especially with. I mean, the defense plays well. You know, and Ben owns the owns Ohio teams typically. So, yeah, I, I mean, it'll be – I don't – there's nothing that scares me about them. But, like you said, they're, they're going to sneak out some wins, and they'll probably be right around 500 at the end of the year. Uh, the biggest lo- lopsided victory yesterday was by the Philadelphia Eagles over the uh, Detroit Lions. Uh, Drew, you and Keith were on the Lions. Uh, it was your first time getting on the Lions roller coaster, and I'm sure it's going to be your last. Yeah, uh, <laughs> boy, that was bad. Um, I thought the Lions would have a lot more fight in them than that. I really Same here, did. man. It, Same here. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't even know where to begin with this game. I guess congratulations Jer- Jalen Hurts, who who played really, really well. Uh, he kind of went off. Um, but North, I, more I, I rushing think, than passing. He had like yeah, he 120 did. yards yeah. passing and ran for yep. 80 or something. Yeah, yeah, he did, and he um, – he got it done with the with his legs, and Jared Goff looked har- horrible, and they just couldn't score any points. And um, I don't know. It, it, the Eagles was their get right game, and you you called it on Friday, and now the fan base is loving them. I, I know. I talked to my dad yesterday after the game, and he was he couldn't believe it. He actually picked the Lions. That's how depressed he was about his Eagles. So <laughs> now he's now he's feeling a little bit better, but still, um, yeah. Sirianni called a good game. They got back on the on the horse here. For, score forty four points against any NFL team is 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 really really good. So don't want to overshadow that. But uh, the Lions just they just didn't have anything. I, I think for the first time this season they looked defeated. They yep. just looked really beaten down and just not wanting to be out there. They didn't look uh, inspired whatsoever. Uh, and you can tell that the patience in Detroit from the player standpoints is running really, really thin. It it sucks losing that that way and that much when you're a professional. It just does. It is it's really hard to take mentally and, and try to get yourself up for every game when you're gonna get pounded, not only in the physical sense, but in the mental sense of how the score's gonna look at the end of the game. So it's it's just tough for the Lions, and unfortunately, I I thought this would be their one win that they would get because I just think that the Eagles were in a downward spiral too. But here we go, 
Uh, Eagles probably getting a shot of confidence after scoring 44 points and moving forward. Um, maybe they get right. Yeah, the thing with the Lions is like, I mean, the thing that's the really shitty part for them is this was a should have been a very winnable game for them. They were able to get up for the Rams game. They were able to get up for the Ravens game. They were able to get up for all these big games. And then, you know, they have a team that actually, you know, there's nothing special about the Eagles, in my opinion. I mean, they're a mediocre team. Um, and, yeah, they just got completely stomped. I mean, the Eagles may, may have found the formula – going forward run the ball i mean they haven't run the ball all season and then yesterday they went crazy running the ball maybe sirianni finally figured out that they should lean on the run game and not make hurts throw 50 times a game so it'll be interesting to see if they use that formula going forward speaking of run games the tennessee titans and indianapolis colts i was wrong on this one drew you and keith both picked the titans i was glad to be wrong in my pick for this game Obviously, today, find out that uh, Derrick Henry is out six to ten weeks. Um, And my take on that is I actually think it's a blessing in disguise. Whoa. I see see your face. So hear hear me out. If if the Titans didn't have Derrick Henry out for a couple weeks now, they would be clear-cut. You know, the media would be... blowing their horns about the titans like oh the titans are super bowl contenders super bowl contenders yada 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 that is the worst possible scenario for for the titans in my opinion because they are terrible front runners as soon as they have people sipping their kool-aid they play like dog shit and now they are going to be underdogs the rest of the season everybody's saying the titans are done there's no chance the titans do anything now with derrick henry and just, you know, as a Titans fan watching the last two weeks, Derrick Henry had under 70 yards in the previous two weeks. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't mean anything to this team. He is everything to this team. But I think that this is going to give the rest of the team the underdog mentality to play their asses off. They're getting Adrian Peterson in, who obviously is not Derrick Henry, but he will be able to, I think, run tough and... Um, hopefully they can get Julio Jones going and lean on this passing game and get uh, AP running enough to be able to rely on, you know, play action passes and they can keep that underdog mentality. And if they can make it into the playoffs, Derrick Henry will be fresh as a daisy by the time the playoffs come. And I think that could be a huge secret advantage of all of this happening. Drew, am I way too optimistic? Um. No, but I'm worried that Derrick Henry doesn't come back to the playoffs. I mean, it's a six to ten week. Ten weeks um, would be week eighteen. Yeah, was it okay? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, if if Derrick Henry can get back for the playoffs, obviously that's a very very good thing. The thing that, that worries me about not having Derrick Henry is that teams can now not stack the box and play eight down. They can start you know shadowing um brown they can play yeah different coverages on him now they're going to force ryan Tannehill to have to be better than what he has been that's, that's my only concern that's, that's my Very only true. concern there um i understand your point of view in terms of them being the front runner um because had derrick henry not gotten hurt there's no doubt that the whole nfl and the pundits would have put them well ahead of almost everybody else. I think they probably would have been like number two, number three seed in the AFC, so which is pretty high. Yeah. Um. So I, I, that I can understand. Um. I just worry that the defenses are going to start playing them differently, and they're going to have to rely 
on Tannehill more versus where everybody was scared of getting run on by Derrick Henry. It was, it, it, whether whether he does it or doesn't do it, it's the fear the, of it. Yeah, it's the fear of it that that is can be more deadly than anything. So now these teams aren't going to be really fearing uh, the Titans because their defense isn't to be feared. Even though I do think they're playing better, they're starting to find. Bud Dupree is actually starting to play like the Bud Dupree that I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so they are coming on. I, I do believe, and I've always thought this, that um, the coaching staff of the Titans have always been underestimated. I always thought Mike Bravel was a better coach than what people give him credit for. Um, and I think we're starting to see that now as they start to, to gain momentum. But this was a huge, huge win for them, a must win for them in terms yep. of just a division because this puts them up three games now, and um, it, it's it's equally not as good for the Colts here in a sense because I don't know what you do now, and it, it's a real letdown for them who have been hanging around in games, have been playing better. Carson Wentz has been playing good, but he inevitably lost this game for them, so uh, that didn't last real long uh, for Wentz to to come back out and be his true self. But, yeah. yeah, it was a good win for the Titans. I was happy. I thought they could get it done. I was worried because it was on the road, and that's a tough place to play up at uh, Lucas um, Stadium there. But they got the win in a, in a real gritty win, and I think just from a mental standpoint, it could propel this team because when you win close games like that against division opponents on the road, like you get some swag from that, and I don't think they're going to go in thinking they're too high for their britches, but I just think they can rely on the fact that when it counts, that they can show enough grit to, to, to win games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was I was surprised as shit that they were able to to pull it off in Indianapolis after falling down fourteen nothing early. You know, I mean, they did show tremendous grit and they fought back. Um, the Colts kind of gave them that opportunity. It was uh, they had the ball, they were up fourteen nothing, and they went for it on fourth and one and missed that and it kind of gave momentum to the titans and it kind of changed the complexion of that game but yeah you know it, it's it definitely sucks when you know hearing that De- uh derrick henry's out for as long as he's going to be but uh, you know again i'm trying to trying to be the optimist and hopefully you know they can tread water without him and hopefully ap has something left in the tank and we'll see where yeah. they go um we'll, we'll talk about the Bengals jets game in a second let's first just really briefly cover rams texans what didn't watch a second of this texans were up or texans were down 38 nothing and yet somehow still covered because they got they scored 22 unanswered points and went for two for un, an unexplainable reason other than it was to get them to cover um <laughs> so yeah anybody who had rams minus 16 and a half had to have been incredibly pissed off um to be up 38 nothing and then ha- have the team backdoor cover you is pretty wild. Did you watch any of this one, Drew? No, I didn't catch it. I would have watched it if the game was closer, but I kept seeing the score tracker on the bottom of my TV, and it was like 22 nothing or something crazy. I'm like, oh, well, no reason to turn in this game. This is a game I, I uh, betted on in, in parlay, so I was super happy that the Rams were blowing them out. Um, and it's no, it's no surprise that the Texans came back and scored 22 points after it was 38 to nothing. Because once it's 38 to nothing, you just give up at that point, and yep. you know, because you, you, you don't want to get injured or do something stupid. So, yeah, it, it for the betters who played the spread, 
It was unfortunate. It was yeah. unfortunate, too, for my man, Daryl Henderson, who I picked as my stud. He still had 90 yards and two tutties. But because the game was so out of hand, like, I thought he could have had a bigger game, but mm-hmm. it just it didn't work out that way. But he still had a good game, though, don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, Rams took care of business. Matthew Stafford looked great. Cooper Cup did his thing. And uh, Robert Woods scored twice, so that was that was good. And, um, yeah, the Rams are a fine oil machine. They're going to get even finer after the trade today with Von Miller. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. Aaron Donald and Von Miller on the same line. They're just so desperate to beat a 44-year-old quarterback. So I can smell <laughs> they really it here. are. Yeah. They really are. So, yeah, that's that's about all. Texans just don't have have nothing going for them, which is why they're trading away people right now. And we may see some more movement tomorrow. Hopefully, maybe Brandon Cooks will give him some some decency and get him the hell out of there. Yeah, I could I could use him on the Titans. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so we skipped Bengals Jets. I'll let you cover this one. I know you watched this whole game. The ending was fucking terrible. I mean, this one, this one right off the bat, you were like, "Yep, this is this is no good." Yeah. Um, when when Mike White goes eleven for eleven and ninety yards right from the start of the game. I yeah. knew so. I knew it was. I knew it, I was going to be just fucking pissed off, and I was. This game pissed me off more than any game in the entire season so far because I thought the Bengals had a layup of all layups today. After the Patriots hung fifty four on the Jets the fo- the following week, and then Bengals come in and they just cannot stop this offense whatsoever. I, I've never seen anything like it. This Mike. White threw for over 400 yards against a Bengals defense that hasn't given up anything more than 300. And just every time they got the ball, they went down and scored, or they got down and somehow got lucky that a tip ball got into an interception. But Mike White played like the best quarterback I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I'm serious. Like it was something out of a out of a Cinderella fairy tale. I, I, I just can't believe it. And I, I, I'm so flabbergasted with how Mike White played that I'm I'm willing to trade right now Zach and, and, and move him because to me <laughs> that's the best Jets quarterback I've ever seen in my entire existence of my thirty six years of life. I've never seen anything better coming from a Jets quarterback than what I saw yesterday. And it was just it was unbelievable. I, I, I yeah, and then unfortunate part is that the Bengals did have a chance because Burrow played pretty decent once they got going. They did have negative 12 yards for like the first quarter. Um, but once they got in the groove a little bit and figured out some plays that were working, he played pretty decent. But um, they weren't able to finish the game off because um, they got Terrible a stupid call. penalty called on him at the very end of the game, which I just – Oh, I just can't believe that happened. They the helmet to helmet. The guy literally hit him at his knees, and then the running back goes down and just headbutts him, and he's the one that you know gets the penalty called on him. And and a, a fourth and you know long situation now turned into a first down, and the game was over uh, for the Jets. I thought it was a very Unappropriate call at that time of the game too, and I I think the refs in the NFL should be ashamed of themselves for even calling that play. Uh, it was absolutely awful, one of the worst I've seen all year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one. Of, it's it was an unbelievably bad call, and there was a couple really bad 
you know, like the I hate the like the roughing the passer and like unnecessary roughness oh. calls and that Please. helmet to the helmet to helmet call on that play. I mean, the offense, uh, the running back was lowering his helmet. Like, what the fuck is a defender supposed to do? It's it's just. Yeah, that type of shit just pisses me off. And but, you know, I guess the one thing you can say is the Bengals shouldn't have been been in that yeah. position against the Jets. They should have never been in that position. They gave up an I eleven think, point lead, but still, they shouldn't have gotten fucked over in the end. Um, right. I mean, NFL is tough to win games in, no matter who you're playing. So they should have closed them out earlier, no doubt. But sometimes this happens, and you can't let a, a refs call at this late of the game, dictate the game. And it was clearly a call that should that, that should have never happened. I don't yeah. know how you call it. I really don't. Yeah. The, the guy, I don't know. How much lower does he have to go? Does he have to hit your feet? I, I mean, <laughs> I just, I, at some point, you got to help the defense out a little bit. I know they want it to be an offensive game, but at some point, you, you can't make it so unfair for the defense that, you know, games are won and lost because of it. It's the same with pass interference. If we, what we really do right now, if all teams were smart and they played the odds and the numbers, just run streaks down the field, throw it up. Seventy-five percent of the times, it's going to be an offensive pass interference dude, call. Dude, that's that's that was the entire offense of the Colts yesterday. Was they they would run deep routes and Carson Wentz would underthrow them by five yards and the receiver would turn around and the de- defensive back would run into them and they call it pass interference. It's like, I mean, you know, it's impossible. Like how is the player on defense supposed to cover that? You can't cover it. You, yeah, you, there's no, it's impossible. So yeah, I mean, that's true that every team should just, I mean, that was the Colts, you know, the Titans had 165 yards of penalty yards yesterday. And it was because that's what all the Colts did the whole game. Yeah, the the refs are way too involved in way these too. NFL games, and it's just getting it's getting frustrating. But yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully it gets better. But we know it's just going to continue to get worse. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick little break, and then we'll come back for the four o'clock games, starting with the Patriots Chargers right after this. All right, coming back, uh, Patriots Chargers. Um, I saw this one, and you saw this one coming a mile away. Uh, Patriots, I feel like have the Chargers number. I completely forgot that they beat them forty-five to nothing last year. I didn't remember that game happening at all. Um, but I can't remember the last time the Chargers beat the Patriots, and that didn't change. So this was one of the few games yesterday where I was right on the money, and you were too, Patriots. I think they could have won a lot bigger. I th- it was like I saw uh, Damian Harris had like a touchdown wiped off the board because of a holding call. That's always bullshit. Yep. Um, but he still had a pretty decent game. I think that the Pats play good defense and run the ball. That's going to be their recipe. Yeah, it was kind of what we we had said on Friday's podcast of what we thought was going to happen and how it was going to happen. We saw, you know, they would control them through the run game uh, because the Chargers can get run on. And uh, the defense held their own against Herbert for sure, leading to that pick six at the end of the game. Yep. Um, while the, they were up 17 to 16, so that was huge part of the game as well, and it really led to a, a game-shifting momentum there. But uh, the Patriots played really well. In fact, the Patriots have been playing well. It's have been. they're going under the radar, but honestly, 
they could easily be six and two right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've been in those type of games where they could, if the script was just flipped, they could be six and two right now. And um, Daniel Jones continues to keep getting better and better. He is by far, no question, the best rookie, or at least playing the best out of all the rookies um, playing right now this year. He really is. He, he's playing really, really well, and I, I love what I'm seeing from him. And we saw him take a few shots downfield this game, which I was, which I was glad to see. Finally, they're starting to just let the training wheels off a little bit. But the Patriots played solid, man. Both the special teams and the defense, they did what they need to do, and, and they were able to keep this Chargers team in check. Uh, something that they have been doing for a long time with the Chargers. So it was good to get the win. I was super, super happy. I think the Patriots really needed that, that momentum now to. Um, play a good rated team um and now you wonder what the chargers are doing yeah the chargers are the, the division is wide open for them and they can't yeah can't seem to do anything with it i tell you what the chiefs win tonight i mean there's no way in my mind that that the chiefs are not out of it at this point because mm -hmm. the chargers yeah. losing to baltimore and then the patriots um they got a, some soul searching they need to do as well. So it makes things really interesting, and that's what this whole weekend really did. It, it, it turned the whole NFL on its on its head, and now uh, everybody's has a chance to to do something. You know, to, to do something. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's weird just because I think the Patriots. I mean, you talk about teams you can trust and teams that you actually feel confident in. The Patriots are one of the teams I would I feel confident in. You know what I mean? Yeah. On a go, on a week by week basis, you know what you're getting from them. They're going to play hard. They've got a solid defense and they can run the ball. And Mac Jones doesn't make a ton of mistakes. So, you know, that, I would be scared as shit to play them in the playoffs as a wild card. I think that I think them coupled with Bill Belichick's coaching experience, I mean, they would be a very tough out in the playoffs, and I think they're in a great shape to to make a little bit of a run here. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where what happens in the AFC, because there really isn't... It's kind of wide open. Um, yeah, it is. Jaguars, Seahawks, me, you, and Keith all took the Jaguars. Yep, last time I'm doing that, they were fucking awful. Seattle blew their doors off. Seattle has looked anemic all year, and yesterday they decided to go completely apeshit. Geno Smith threw like 18 of 24 uh, passes to either DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. Lockett had a huge game. Metcalf had a huge game. The Jaguars, I don't know how long Urban Meyer's going to stay there. Yeah, I don't know either, but um, Shai Khan had come out and said he thinks that Urban's going to be a good coach for a while now, so... <laughs> We'll see. It was uh, it was a letdown from our standpoint, from our picks. I don't think any three of us really give a shit what happened, really. Um, but from the picks wise, it was disappointing. I the Seattle Seahawks got back to doing what the Seattle Seahawks do. That with they got some better coaching this this game, and they were able to game plan for Geno a lot better. DK and Ty Rocket, as you just pointed out, they both showed up. Great fantasy days for both of them. So that's what they are going to need to do to help Gino out. Um, yep. In that sense, and because Gino's just he's not good, but to get that win for the Seahawks and keep them a little bit of hope around was super super key because now they go on to a bye and uh, and Russell Wilson can then probably come back off of his finger injury and 
maybe all all will be right with the world. But um, it was a good win for the for the Seahawks. It wasn't anything um, that was out of their hands or incapable of doing because they did play the Jaguars. But boy, yeah. Lawrence. Lawrence didn't look good. The Jaguars as a whole didn't look good. It was just, I guess, the travel to Seattle was just too much for these guys. I guess, man. Yeah, they they just looked like trash. Like right after, right start of the game, it was like, oh fuck, I can't believe I picked the Jaguars. <laughs> they looked they looked lost right off the bat. Um, and, and yeah, the the Seahawks. I mean, again, I, I've said it a thousand times. The seven seed in the NFC is wide the fuck open. Yeah. Seahawks. It, it it's there for the taking. Somebody in the NFC is going to have to get that spot, and why not be the Seahawks once uh, Russ gets back? You never know. Um, Washington, Denver. This game was putrid. The Broncos did everything they could to try and blow this game. They had a fumble near the end of the, uh, the end of regulation. They're up seven with the ball, and they throw the ball on second down and stop the clock. And then they run the ball with Melvin Gordon on third down, and he fumbles the ball, and the uh, football team gets the ball back. But they couldn't do anything with it, and they end up losing. Um, football team, they're done. <laughs> They've been yeah. done. They're, they don't have anything. The Broncos, they're alive in the AFC for a wild card, but I think this team's garbage as well. I, I don't see anything out of either of these teams. It's tough picking two garbage teams when they're going out. It, it just That's just what it is. We all had the Redskins. Thought they would show a little bit more fight, but Jerry Judy came back for the Broncos, played a pretty damn good game. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater definitely likes him some Jerry Judy. He's a, just a filthy route runner. He's just filthy. Um, so that really helped out the, the Denver Broncos here. But what helped out the Denver Broncos, too, was that the Redskins' offense was abysmal. I mean, they... Yep. They couldn't get anything going, and it wasn't anything special that the Broncos did, in my opinion. I don't mm-hmm. know. I didn't. I didn't think it was like, oh wow, the Broncos are really playing good here. It was, no, it was more like, boy, the Redskins suck. Yeah, they're so, terrible. I, yeah, they they just are. I mean, Terry McLaurin with three catches for twenty three yards, and you know he's their all star. And so you have games like that. They're just not going anywhere. So. There's not much really to say about this game. The Broncos won. Uh, it was a coin flip to begin with. Uh, so, I guess congrats, Broncos, if you need a congrats. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have four wins, and they're wor- they're against the Jaguars, Giants, football team, and I can't remember who the other one, Texans. So, they've Texans. had they, those are the most unimpressive wins for any team I could think of, and they're you know, hanging around, so we'll see what happens with them. But Fangio should be fired. That team's terrible. Um, oh, so good. All right. Uh, last 4 o'clock game, Bucks new Orleans. We all were on the Bucks, uh, and apparently the, the Saints just have Brady's number. Um, it, I mean, that's what it truly looks like to me. What are your thoughts there, Drew? I mean, this game wasn't – I mean, I was. it was doubtful even once Trevor Simeon came in. Yeah, it, it was, uh, boy, I have been critical of Patrick Mahomes, and, and rightfully so, and I definitely should be equally as critical when Tom Brady doesn't play well. And, um, I, you know, he's, he certainly deserves some credit for the loss here. Um, Absolutely. Three turnovers, uh, fumble that was it was really bad. It was, it was a terrible, terrible fumble to have. And... Um, 
two interceptions and one interception at the end of the game when it really counted. So it was a poor performance for him, even though he threw for almost 400 yards against the Saints defense and threw for four touchdowns, um, which still is impressive. But I, I think what was frustrating from a fan standpoint of, uh, of the Buccaneers is just that the defense really couldn't slow down Trevor freaking Simeon or yeah. Jameis Winston. Yep. I mean, geez. And they let... They let Kamara run all over him. I think he had 150 yards or something that in rushing yards, which is the backbone of this defense, and it, and it became an Achilles heel yesterday. Um, yeah, even it, Mark it, Ingram was running all over him. Oh, God, they're just running the ball everywhere. And I don't know if it was because of Mark Ingram com- coming back to the, to New Orleans and they just got the, this, this boost, but there is no question the Saints owned the Buccaneers, and it was really – Depressing to see because I thought the Buccaneers would be an, it would be an easy win, considering how they're trending and how they were trending. I mean, yep. they were throwing up 30 points or more every game, and they did put up 27 here. So, it's, uh, you know, that's not bad, especially against the Saint defense, who's number two in the league. So, to still be able to put up those kind of points is still good. But at the same time, I think more so than anything, the Bucks went back to playing last year in a sense in the beginning of the year they played undisciplined football they had over a hundred yards and freaking penalties yesterday that will kill you no matter what team you are you have a hundred yards and penalties 11 more than the saints what a blunder that was and i'm not I'm not down on the Bucks because the Bucks went through some trials and tribulations last year, and they got hot at the right time. And I think that's going to happen again this year. I really do. I think oh, yeah. the Bucks—they've got an easy schedule the rest of the way. Yeah, too. I think they only have the Buffalo Bucks are going to get hot at the right time. I'm not concerned about that. Um, I'm just disappointed because I really wanted to, for them to beat the Saints. We picked the Saint, uh, the, the Bucks here, but they just. Man, it's their nemesis for whatever reason in the in the regular season, and it's and it's it's equally frustrating that Tom Brady gets beat by a guy named Trevor Simeon, who's been around the whole league for a long time, who is their their second backup, not their first backup, their second backup, and they got beat by a second backup quarterback. Uh, it was it was just incredibly frustrating and poor performance from the Bucks standpoint. But hats off to the Saints. They played a tough game. They hung in there. They played great defense. They took advantage of the penalties and the turnovers, and they got the win. So I got to give them credit. Yeah, and the, the thing is, it, it, the, for the Bucks standpoint, it's a shame that they got this loss because now, you know, the one seed in the NFC, I mean, you've got the Rams ahead of them, the Cardinals ahead of them, although I, wouldn't, I don't think the Cardinals are legit, the Packers ahead of them, and the Cowboys ahead of them. So yeah. you've got a, a, a bunch of teams now with one loss ahead of the Bucks. And a, a, a division loss too. That come, that's tiebreakers and all that type of stuff. Wins in division is one of the first tiebreakers, so it, it hurts them a little bit for a one, number one seed and home field advantage point of view. So that I was, agree. It's big. Speaking of the Cowboys, who remain with only one loss, we were talking about before the game the way yesterday went. I felt like this was a, a Cowboys game. I, I don't know why. Everybody just jumped on the Vikings without Dak in, and it, the Vikings are bad. <laughs> the Vikings looked really bad, and Cooper Rush looks like a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, it certainly does. I I was surprised a little bit. I know 
Dak and the boys have been playing really, really inspiring football, really good football, and it's been fun to watch them. And, it's, you know, this team is different. This is a team in years past that would have lost this game, no oh, doubt. Because sure. it, oh, yeah. it was neck and neck for the entire game. Uh, but somebody had to win, thank God. Um, but it was good for the Cowboys, and it's a good emotional win for them because um, their decision to not start Dak looks like it, it paid off in this game. They got they got out of Minnesota with a W. Dak a little healthier. Um, he looked good during pre-warm-ups. I thought he was going to play, um, but obviously he didn't, and I think that was a smart move. Like I said on Friday, I think the best thing for them to do was not to play Dak this game. Let him get healthy because soft tissue injuries are a bitch. They can really linger um, the, the way they are, so I was happy that they did rest him because uh, I think they're going to be a very good team, Super Bowl contenders in a sense. Uh, they, they need to have Dak though in order to do it, but Cooper Rush came in and did what he d- needed to do. Uh, he managed the game. He didn't make any terrible, terrible throws. He had a couple that got away from him, but other than that, he played pretty solid. The run game was found through Zeke and Pollard. And really, the story of the game was, honestly, in my opinion, was just that the, the Vikings didn't show up. They, yep. I mean, for Kirk Cousins to throw only 180 yards when he's been slinging it all season, to me, uh, was just a letdown. I think it was more the Vikings not showing up to their full potential than it was the Cowboys. So good for the Cowboys to get a tough win. It was much needed um, without your star quarterback. So it's these type of games that really matter when it comes down to playoff times. They look back on this type of game. You know, and say to themselves, this is why we're here, because we were able to, to, to dodge a bullet. And it's the same with your fantasy teams out there, too. I've always noticed that people at the end of your league that make the playoffs are teams that somehow just pull out uh, a win when they don't have their best player or something. And you just need those breaks to go your way sometimes. And it seems like this might be the Cowboys' year. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, de- it definitely seems like it could be their year. And, it, you know, I feel like I, I wish I you could figure out exactly what like how teams will respond to like media and stuff but just like anytime it just seems like when especially like with a with a team that's not that great and they're getting told constantly everybody's saying like oh yeah vikings are gonna win this vikings are gonna win this like that i wonder what that does to the team as far as coming out flat and just thinking like oh yeah we got this game they're playing cooper fucking rush why the hell do we even have to worry about this you know, I don't know. I wonder. I would be interested to know how much of a factor that played. You know, if, I wonder. It would have been interesting to see how this game would have went if Dak was starting and they would have actually acted as if they had to do something. All right, so week eight in the books. We I, we have to bury the football and fucking move on. Like we said at the start, uh, all of us had our worst weeks by far making picks. Um, yeah, it was a it was a wonky week. Everybody. Everybody lost. <laughs> I mean, only people that won yesterday were the fuck. It was Vegas. I mean, there was a lot that was won by uh, the underdogs. It was a weird week. Hopefully, we can do better next week. We're going to be back Friday night um, to hopefully right the ship and make some make some good picks. Um, Drew, at the halfway point of the season, we're now over halfway. Who would you say is your team in the NFC and your team in the AFC that you can trust? Is there one that you feel like you can trust? Is there someone that's setting themselves apart? Like, I feel like, unlike most years, there's, it's really hard to pick right now. It really is. Uh, 
if the question was worded different, I think I'd be able to answer it better. Like, who's the best teams? I would be able to answer. But who I can trust? I, I honestly can't trust, trust no anybody. One. Yeah. I honestly can't because um, there's just been weeks and games that when I thought I had it all figured out, it's like, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah. You know, that what kind of performance was that? So it's, it's really tough. I think in the NFC, the team that I can trust the most is probably the Rams. They've at least been the most consistent in terms of um, on a week-to-week basis. They're, they haven't scored anything less than, you know, 17 points or something like that. And, yeah, I don't know. I I, I feel like I can trust the Bucks' offense in terms of putting up points. Like, they've always been putting up points this year, but their defense can't be trusted. So you don't know who they can hold and, and who they can't hold. So it's really tough. And then the AFC... AFC is a crapshoot. I feel like it's a total crapshoot. I have no. I mean, the, the Bills, even though they struggled against Miami, I still feel is like a really, really good, a really, really good team. The Titans, I can't trust anymore because of Derrick Henry going out. Baltimore seems to be on a wishy-washy streak, but you, I like the Raiders. I do. I like the Raiders without without John Gruden. I think. Uh, it might give Derek Carr uh, the ability to play better because I feel like he was always trying to just impress Gruden. And I think that type of relationship doesn't allow you to be free. Yeah. And I think you could see a better a better David Carr – or not David Carr. <laughs> Derek, <laughs> Derek Carr. Derek Carr moving forward. But even then, I you know, I can't trust them a whole lot. I can't trust the Chiefs. Can't trust the Chargers. I honestly can't trust anybody. It's it really is open season. There is no dominating of any team. I I think maybe the Cowboys I, I can start to trust because maybe, know, they, yeah, they, maybe they, Cowboys, Packers, Rams. Yeah, those Packers are the teams that I think even, you could maybe yeah. hang your hat on. AFC though, that's where it really gets hard. Is tr- I, I guess like you said, the Bills maybe. You know, maybe the Bills, I I guess, would be my AFC team. I don't think I can truly trust the Raiders yet. I I need to see some more out of them. They had, they had a tough time putting away the Dolphins earlier this year. So, yeah, I I don't know. It's just, it's a weird year. It doesn't seem like there's a, a true dominant team, and it's gonna be. No, because you certainly can't trust the Browns. You can't trust the Steelers. You can't trust the Bengals. Mm-mm. Who I thought out. I, I thought after this week the Bengals would be the number one team in the AFC. I thought people would have their their sights on them, but after what their defense did against a no name Mike White, uh, I no, I can't trust them either. I can't trust any of the AFC teams. I honestly can say that. Yeah, it's gonna it, the AFC is gonna be. Once we get to the playoffs, it's going to be a complete crapshoot because, yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be wild. I think the a- NFC could be much more chalk and stuff, but the AFC, I don't think there's any team you could – you could you can't tell me, like, a the one seed is not going to get beat by a seven seed. Like, it, there's no, no separation between the teams. They're all pretty much the same in the AFC. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting going forward. But, yeah, as we said, we'll be back Friday night with our picks. We'll have our boy Keith back. Um, we'll be – hopefully ready to fire on all cylinders. We hope you guys have a great week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for uh, following us on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to subscribe and share the pod with your friends. We appreciate all the support. And until we're back on Friday night, um, I hope you guys have a good week. We are out. We are out.